And we're back after a little bit of a break just to, uh, well, I don't know, reset the, reset the brains a little bit and, you know, catch up on some travel and all that good stuff that we're allowed to do now. And uh, Brent, how are you going? Yeah, good, man. I've had a few, a few bit of time off. I've been back in... Uh, back in New Zealand for a few weeks, catching up with family and uh, checking out some things over there and um, keeping tabs on a few investments and stuff. And then uh, back over here now and um, fresh out of that last race meeting, um, pretty energised from that. Um, I enjoyed running with the production cars. It was a good change. I know it's still only a tiny category here, but uh, uh, very easy cars to look after. You know, that Renault's... Pretty cool. It's not blindingly fast like some of the, the front-running streetcars and, and IP cars, but yeah, it's, it's it was a good fun race being that last one. That it was quite a quick format. You know, we we're all all done and on the beers by three o'clock, which is pretty cool. That that Sunday was amazing day. Like yeah, just ran so smoothly. Everyone, uh, yeah, great racing. Um, you know, across all the categories and. Um, of course, John Herney was up in the up in the mic, and he was, uh, yeah, almost. I, I think he hasn't been up there for a while because he was. Um, he sounded like he was almost jumping around up there at one stage. He was pretty hyped so, up. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, of course, um, Rob Haggerty was up there too. So, um, anyway. Speaking of fast, uh, we have joining us today, and I hope I get this right, uh, the Puckapunyal the, the Victoria champion. Say that again. No, that's, that's <laughs> Three times ticket. fast. <laughs> that's Puckapunyal. Yeah, Puckapunyal. It, it was only 19. Puckapunyal. Yeah. It was only 19. Yeah. Yep. That's um, all I think of every time. And then the... <laughs> Uh, yeah, the remix that was done. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, Sam Dick is joining us. Uh, from Where are you at the moment? I am on the Gold Coast at the moment. Yeah, wow. It's a bit early for schoolies. Was... Yeah, no, not <laughs> quite. We're, uh, yeah, we're headed up to Emerald for the for the next round of the uh, National Series. Puck Punyal is round three, and round four is up in Emerald in northern Queensland. So... We're stopped halfway from Sydney to Emerald at the moment. Uh, we're in the Gold Coast for a couple of days, but tomorrow morning we're off bright and early. Yeah, wow. So, um, look, anyone that knows the Dicker name will probably know uh, a lot of the answers to the, the questions we're going to ask you, but uh, we don't care about those people. We're going <laughs> to introduce you to a whole new lot of people. So how did you get started in motorsport? Uh, well, dad, um, was in karting from before I was born. So dad got into karting as a late teenager, I think with his friends. Uh, basically I was born and some of my first memories at the age of three years old was me fanging around the backyard in my puffo cart, which is basically a go-kart with a whippersnipper motor mounted on the back of it. And yeah, I've been driving carts since three, racing since seven and, uh, everything everything after that sort of just kicked along by itself and what uh when when did you um obviously you just said you know what what age you got started racing in that um was it a case of dad said you know you're gonna race or were you just totally interested in what he was doing no nah, so dad has always been great with me and taylor my sister but 
you know, we don't have to race if we don't want to. When I first had my uh, big rollover, I had a rollover at Coburn Kart Track, my first race meeting off P-plates and carts. Um, and Taylor was the go-kart oh. behind me in a 35-kart field. And she didn't like seeing me on my lid, so she quit karting for about six months um, and then got back into it where I was back out in the next race. Um, so Dad's always been great with that. He just sort of had a go-kart there, but I was always in the backyard on my pedal car reversing a trailer or pretending I was driving around or, you know, I love that stuff ever since a young kid. So I think I was kind of kind of doomed from the word go. <laughs> now, the um, your first time out in a go-kart on a track uh, in a competitive environment. Um, how did you go? Uh, pretty sure I was crying the whole way there, um, which is which is entertaining. I remember not wanting to race because I was scared of crashing. And then as soon as I got there, I was fine. Um and then, obviously, only five races after that, I did end up doing a big lid skid. So, <laughs> I guess my, my fears were, were correct. I was scared of my own ability at rolling over. I'm pretty good at that. Um, had a couple in my time. So, yeah, I, I didn't go fantastically well. But at the time I jumped into karting, it was absolutely booming. Like I said, around, around 30, 30 entries consistently in our category. So, uh, it was a bit of a different day and age. Um, so yeah, probably somewhere down the back in my first competitive race. And what category did you race in first? Uh, it's, it was called midgets then, but that's allegedly offensive. So now it's called cadet nine, um, which is basically from seven till the age of nine years old. Um, yeah, so I, I raced, raced that and then I just stepped up through all the karting classes, uh, as I progress with age. So your first race off P-plates, you just said you managed to roll it. Was it a accident with someone else or was it just you sent it too hard into a corner? No, complete innocent bystander. Someone else had gone off the track and decided that rejoining straight in the middle of the 30-cart field was a fantastic idea. Um, basically just T-boned me while I'm going in a straight line and I've just done a big torpedo and ended up on my head. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I was a little bit un unduly done by there i was speaking to someone um oh I'm trying to think where it was and they were saying that like, their parents had no issue with them going karting um yeah which is completely yeah there is no um real protection for you guys um but going out in a um i don't know exactly who i was talking to i was talking to cooper cutts dad um, Terry? and he's telling that he, yeah, Cooper cuts his dad, and um, he was saying that um, I think his wife was hesitant, hesitant to let Cooper go out in a radical, um, but had no issue with him being out in a cart, and like the carts have nothing. Yeah, they've got no safety equipment, but in the sense <laughs> of anything to hold you in a go kart, but. You know, I've typically, in my time in karting, um, I've never really seen any bad injuries. It's just, if you have a decent enough shunt, you just get flung out and, and you fall on the ground. It's it's not terribly bad. And we do have decent, like all our safety equipment's obviously top-notch now. And the carts have certain plastics on them that defer contact like that. So it's not too bad. Um, and everything's relatively 
relatively low speed being you know 100 k's an hour sort of or 130 k's an hour is about as fast as we go so it is pretty fast but it's pretty it's, fast <laughs> yeah but it's it's just like a you know a motorbike falling off you just kind of skid along the ground a little bit it's not too bad <laughs> you're a maniac um so so when you have gone over and you know you've said taylor obviously took took time out um we you, were you based in a mindset after the accident of like you just wanted to get back out there and continue on um or was there any hesitation around getting back out on that track i think for me i was so petrified of having a crash that when i rolled over which now that i look back was a pretty bad rollover in the sense that um the cart weighed so much and i was pinned underneath it and the flaggies were terrible he's staring straight at me waving the yellow flag not the red flag um and then they the the ambo was asking me about my neck and i eventually after getting you know him constantly asking for 10 minutes i finally said yeah okay my neck might be a bit sore so i got strapped to a stretcher and in the back of the ambo and rushed off to Fremantle hospital um above all that annoying stuff that happened i was not hurt at all uh, i mean i get hurt uh at that age in the backyard worse on my push bike every week stacking it so i think for me i was like sweet let's get back in it because i've just had a massive crash that people typically don't have and i'm perfectly fine like i i just it kind of removed the danger element in a sense um it, it removed that fear of worrying about getting hurt because I had one of the worst crashes and didn't get hurt at all, which is what happens with, you know, 99% of people in karting. How long did it take until you stood on a podium? Um, see, I always feel like this phase in karting, it feels like a really long phase. Um, but I, I, won a, I won my first state title either at the, at the very end of my first year in karting or the start of my second. So it, it mustn't have been too, too long to get the hang of it. I guess it was just the, you know, I was that initial learning phase feels like such a massive part. Um, but I'd probably say six months or so. The, um, so how long did you stay uh, so how long did you stay in that first category before you move up basically dad always moved me up as early as he could um nick middick uh tom shoe the Costeckis, all those guys they're all about two years older than me so i was tagging on that group and i think what drove me to be better at a young age was i was consistently jumping into the category just as they were doing their final year so I spent most of my childhood chasing um, Nick and Shuey uh, in the sense that they were, they always had the more experience, but I, I typically had the pace to race them. Um, and I think it taught me a lot at that young age. I, I remember one time me and Nick were leading at Wandawi, King of the Hill, by so much that we spun out together in the S's when I tried to pass him and we got back going and still finished first and second um, <laughs> together. So I was in that category, I think, for two years, and then I went up to the next category, um, in which I was in for two years again and then jumped into juniors. The spin-out at King so of the Hill, was that Nick's fault? 
Um, <laughs> look, we've got a pretty agricultural story about it now. He reckons he saw me go up the inside, he turned in, and then he felt bad, so he purposely spun out with me, is what he reckons in this day and age. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much of that's true. He's but, a crazy yeah, he crab with a conscious. He is, and he did the big turn down for what? Um, but yeah, no, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I, th- I think we need to get Nick on and uh, have a chat with him about this. Oh, if me and Nick were on the podcast at the same time, it could be all kinds of dangerous. I I I think I think we should make that happen one day. <laughs> it could be comical. We we just actually you know what that's it. we can let's start let's start a podcast called Loose Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> just get all the loosest people we can find in motorsport just to come on and just don't even care about, you know, what's said. <laughs> and we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> One week. One week? Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, I was going for at least two. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> so we, did you stay racing just in Perth? Did you go over east, overseas at all? Like, what, what were the next steps with you? So we were we were aligned with Arrow Racing Carts at the time, which is a the only Australian manufacturer in oh well the the there's a couple of Australian manufacturers, but the biggest Australian manufacturer in kart racing. Um, so we were aligned with them, and at the time we probably didn't have the greatest cadet cart. So I was always developing developing the prototype carts. So. We raced over east a couple of times in a prototype. Um, we did pretty well. We polled a couple of events, I think, but pretty much always ended up getting the setup wrong in the final and ended up thirds and whatnot here. Um, nothing, nothing massive. And then had a couple good state title wins in my in uh, Cadet Nine. Um, and then the juniors is where it sort of took off a little more. I did, I did a bit of international stuff and I did a bit of over east stuff. Um, sort of Taylor was doing a, a lot of over east stuff, so it made it a bit difficult. But I jumped over for a couple rounds and we had a, a couple wins at, on national level. Um, and then we went to Singapore and raced internationally over there. A team, a team picked us up as a test driver again to test drive chassis for Energy Course. And uh, we had we had a win over there at the Singapore, um, their sort of main championship. So yeah, juniors was a great time to I sort of explored um, explored a, a lot of karting at a young age. Thankfully, a lot of great opportunities come up. Um, we would probably never been able to afford those type of things without a couple opportunities coming up. So it was really helpful um, and gained a lot of experience in those younger years. Did you do any other racing um, outside of carts? Yeah, so I think it must have been the year I was 15. I debuted in Formula Ford. Um, raced against Callan Williams, was uh, my sort of rival in the championship, which is a F2 driver now. Um, so, yeah, raced against Callan. Uh, we just managed to secure the championship over him. He, he was second. We were first in the championship. So debut in Formula Ford went good. Um, then I raced some national stuff in Formula Ford uh, against Will Brown and guys like that, which was pretty good. Had a bit of a 
toe battle with him in in which isn't isn't like feet toes as in drafting battle and qualifying with will brown um had a really close qualifying fight at phillip island with him which was awesome um unfortunately crashed out in the race that we're actually doing well but that's all right um so yeah did did a bit of car stuff jumped was with fast lane bred at fast lane racing he was awesome to start us off we did some national wide stuff and then um adam lyle from arise racing helped us out with some f1000 drives we did a season there um got second in that championship and then we've done a fair bit of radical stuff since then so yeah bit of bit of stuff outside cars as well uh, outside carts sorry well, I was in uh, Brisbane a couple of weeks ago, actually. Will Brown was at the um, right at an Airbus Academy Day over there. Yep. And, uh, Will and uh, Brody Kostecki were both there. So, um, yeah, Will, Will I've bumped into over the years um, at a few tracks and uh, I've got a lovely photo of him going ass over tit at <laughs> – um, uh, Sydney Motorsport Park. Uh, sorry, not Sydney dude. Motorsport Park. Um, uh, the Bend, um, where he was doing like double duties that day. It was insane, like doing TCR and S5000. So yep. crazy, crazy. And hey. Brody, Brody's Brody. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Will probably doesn't even remember me, but he was um, when we did that that draft battle in qualifying. I was just some cowboy from WA. Um, and he's sort of seen me in my, seen him, seen me in his mirrors and it was just about to rain. So they didn't really have time for him and his teammate to back off and try and get more clear air. So they just let me sit in their toe. And I think I, I think I might've got second in front of Will, but his teammate pulled it in front of both of us. And I'm thinking, you know, Will Brown's this guy here, everything about, um, over East racing heaps of categories and you know thinking thinking of him as a bit intimidating and he's just walked straight into the shed after that and gone oh, i'm thinking who's this wa dude behind me and then just having <laughs> having a right old laugh and and walked out like it was nothing i thought oh that's sick mad respect for that he's a he's a great guy so yeah the um there's a lot of the younger guys that are racing um you know, in supercars now, but also, you know, that were doing S5000 and TCR over the years. And, yeah, they've all got got a um, fantastic attitude. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the disclaimer, at least in public. I don't know what they're like behind closed doors, but, um, yeah. yeah, and the public, I guess, is where it probably matters. It really does matter the most. Um, but back to you. Um, the – so – you kept progressing up. Um, what was your sort of first major uh, out, yeah, accomplishment within karting? Um, obviously, you know, apart from you know, the juniors, state titles, obviously pretty awesome. Um, but, you know, when did you start, you know, I guess winning regularly? Um, I think my my... Last year in juniors, I won, I won, uh, what did I win that year? I think I won three state titles. So I won two in WA, one in Northern Territory. And I think we won every single race we entered in bar one, um, which me and dad had a, a massive argument about because he told me to clean the go-kart before I ran off with my friends because that's what karting's about. 
and um, I cleaned the cart and then after I cleaned it I sprayed it with chain lube um, you need to lubricate the chains on the cart otherwise they they seize up and you go very slow that's what all your drive goes through so I've lubed the chain and dad's come over seen the cart and gone oh, he didn't even clean his go-kart he's just sprayed degreaser on it and walked off so he's lubed the chain as well we've got to the <laughs> grid and he's had a go at me and told me off for not lubing the chain I'm like I did so I went out and we've got about three laps in. We've got a healthy lead. And all of a sudden, we start slowing down big time. Um, and Aaron Love was actually coming second. And he passed me. And Aaron went on to win. And I came third. Um, when we came in, the chain was welded solid, friction welded. And what had happened is we have a product that's chain clean. And it comes in exactly the same bottle as the chain lube. Um, and looks no different. And we both managed to spray chain clean on the chain. So she went out there ultra clean and just decided to weld itself together. So yeah, we had nearly a flawless year. Um, so that was, that was probably my best sort of year in junior racing. And then I stepped into seniors and we had a couple state title wins in seniors. Did, didn't really do a whole much though, to be fair. Nothing sort of took off. Cars was taking over a bit. Um, budget was, you know, on hold with, with doing some car stuff was sort of taking the focus. Um, and then we got a, we got an arrive and drive deal in a KZ package, um, which we managed to go there and win on debut in KZ. And then we picked up another couple of arrive and drive packages over the following years in KZ with some sponsored deals and, um, won won those races as well so kz sort of become where my heart was in racing i thought it was an awesome category and suits suits my driving style a massive amount and that's where the drive sort of came from so we had a had a bit of a break there um i, I focus on a lot of coaching and and running you know kids um sachin and noah um lyle cooper lyle um, coached a, a range of kids um, that all went, went on to win state titles and stuff, and that was an awesome part of, of my career as well. And I learned so much sort of traveling nationally with Noah and Sachin um, and Cooper now. And then, yeah, KZ sort of has taken off last season and this season. The, the KZs, um, Chris Mitchell tells me, is the most exciting category. Um, and he says that very enthusiastically every time we talk carts. Um, what is it about the KZs that seem to, to ignite that passion with everyone? So your, your, typical, your typical race cart is a single speed centrifugal clutch, um, 30 horse or, or 20 horsepower for getting into karting 30 horsepower once you experience that's your that's your engine package and cart package um, if you grab the higher cart it's probably about a million times better than that um, and I, we actually recently had a new guy jump in the sport who owns a Lamborghini and he hopped out in a restricted cart which is about 20 horsepower and he said it feels like it accelerates way faster than his Lamborghini so that puts a perspective for people that have only done hire karting. Um, the KZ package is basically that on steroids. They're, they're still a 125, but they make 50 horsepower with six gears and a hand clutch. They got four wheel brakes. Um, 
ridiculous acceleration ability um, at some of the fastest tracks we're doing sort of 140 k's an hour in them and yeah they're just they're 50 horsepower but you're in peak 50 horsepower the whole time uh, with six gears so it's, it's just exhilarating racing with massive dive bombs and and it's just super close for how fast it is and it just you never know what's going to happen. It makes for some awesome stuff. And when Chris is on the other end of the mic, it always sounds like there's a whole lot more happening because he's just great at making <laughs> everything sound great. <laughs> I was talking to someone about him today and I was like, you know, two Chris Mitchells on the microphone would do my head in. <laughs> like Chris Chris Mitchell with someone else who's, you know, a bit calmer. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> two Chris Mitchells, like get the fast acting Ritalin and shove it down his throat. <laughs> like just... I, I rate Chris. I rate Chris a lot. He, um, me and him recently did some sim stuff together, jumped on a sim event and sort of paired up as teammates while Gianni was away. And um, I, I sort of played, uh, I played wingman for him a bit. Um, I, I managed to get the dub in the first race, but I got a penalty. So Chris ended up, Chris ended up winning it. Um, and then he went on to have a really good next race as well, and he grabbed the round win. So uh, I think he grabbed the round win. So we, yeah, me and Chris, um, have, yeah, we we get on well. Um, but he's just so good at commentating; he makes everything so exciting. The um, the driver that's come from the the um, Lamborghini is that Arthur Abrams or is it Daniel Gonzalez? No, it is is. Uh, his name is two? Wilson Nutt. He's, uh, he's never okay. done anything apart from hire karting before. Um, and, yeah, he just wanted to get a real go-kart, and he did, and it, it, it surpassed his expectations by a massive amount, which typically happens. Um, I've had a couple of people. I had a, a dude recently who told me, he told me that he is the fastest uh, hire kart driver at, at a Perth hire karting place. And um, then went on to go to his mates. Oh, this Sam Dicker dude is—he's actually pretty good in carts. He might even be able to beat me at higher karting. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> me, it, Shane. It, it really paints the picture of what people actually think about uh, karting as as a as a sport. They really think higher karting is uh, is the peak. I, I think uh, very early on in uh, the life of this podcast, I spent many an episode bagging <laughs> out Belmont cards. Oh, I all your episodes. All your episodes, <laughs> I hear you bagging out Belmont. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's most of them. Um, <laughs> and and it is because of that mentality of like, you know, there's, there's either the, the high cart warriors who, you know, go and go yeah i'm really fast and then you put them in an actual cart and yeah they're in they're, they're not great no. um or the opposite end of is the where people don't take karting seriously because of the belmont carts of the world um and i think like if there's if there's a way they could distinguish it better um it'd make the world a better place um I reckon that's what Michael Jackson was singing about, you know. If you get rid of Belmont carts and make the world a better place, I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Why have you had your my, coffee today, Shane? Yeah, my favourite part <laughs> of Belmont carts is the fact that when you go there, 
and if this person's listening, I really don't mean to offend you, but someone has got married at Belmont Carts. Now oh. that, that that's dedication. Just, that's cool. That is something. That's that's something. That is definitely something. That is something. I don't know what, but it is something. <laughs> that's that's up there. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh dear. Um. That sort of segues into this next question I'm going to ask you about is, and talk about is um, a certain movie called Go. Yep. Um, now, it's just it's just been released on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure it was originally released on Netflix, but they're actually really pushing it hard at the moment, um, which I found very interesting. Like, I, I can't remember which streaming service first had it. Uh, it lined up um, with School Holidays. Net- it's the push for it. Yeah. It, it just all of a sudden like appeared like, release, go. Um and when that came out, the, that that's what started me on the whole rant about Belmont Cars, um, yeah. was because people were dismissing that movie, going, "Well, why do we want to watch that movie when it's, you know, just about going down to Belmont Carts?" And look, I'm sorry to the owners of Belmont Carts. Like, it's not there anymore. It's now something else. It's like an ele- I think they've gone electric or something, um, but. Yeah, people really were hating on the movie without even watching it because they're like, you know, this is this crap I can go watch it, you know, Belmont Carts. But, of course, Go the Movie was definitely not Belmont Carts. No, not at all. Now, I can't, I, I can never remember everyone that was involved in it. You were involved with it? Yep. Uh, Taylor was involved, Taylor, your sister was involved with it. Chase Hoy, uh, BD, Suda Dawson was in there. Um, I believe Anthony Jewell was involved in some way. Or was he? I don't think I knew him then, actually. Or maybe he, he might was. get very offended when he, if he hears this now that I claim to have not yeah, have known him at that point. I, I, I seem to remember something. Yeah, I could be wrong. Um... Who else am I forgetting that was involved with that movie? There, uh, there was a lot of other other carding names involved. Um, people you you may not know. There was quite a few um, carding drivers. Actually, the the dude in the apartment with me in the Gold Coast at the moment is uh, he was involved at the time. So what's his name? Damon Papasergia. Okay. He's a he's a carding teammate now. At the time he was with the rival team. Um, mission successful doing the movie with him <laughs> um yeah no a lot of a lot of carding names involved it was a it was a mega time um we at flat out carts we supplied all of the carts the the all of the brand new carts we supplied six brand new carts um so yeah i, I did some of the the stunt driving um we did we did a lot of a lot of recording and a couple of days where BD was away. I did the stunt driving for the the main character, um, so that was a, a lot of fun. It was it was long hours and sometimes very cold and movie sets. I realised you wait around for hours on end to do ten minutes of recording. Um, like a normal yeah. race meeting. Yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what the the night where the race where it's raining, I think where the the 
there's a race where it's raining. I won't give away any spoilers in case people haven't watched it, but there's a race where it's raining and recording that it was 2 a.m. in the morning with a water truck and it was about three degrees and we were sitting soaking. They didn't want us to wear wet weather suits because they didn't think it looked good. So we're sitting in drenched race suits at two or three in the morning at three degrees and pretty much every single one of us got sick. That was at a time when getting sick was normal and people didn't freak out and think you had COVID. Um, so, yeah, cough now. Oh my God, diseased. Yeah. You've got the yeah. oh-so-deadly coronavirus. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a fun time, but it was a big, big experience, big eye-opener. The, um, we... There was a rumor about a burnout that was done out, done on set. I've heard this rumor on your your other one. Um, <laughs> so you can't tell us who. It was. I, I hate to let you down. The burnout oh. was the burnout was completely. Uh, it was meant to happen. It was actually used in the movie. Some of that footage. Um, really. And the the burn. Well, provided we're speaking about the same one, the burnout I'm talking about is in the the car that is the dad's car in the movie some crappy old thing that we had to spray six in one on the tires to get it to finally do a burnout because it's it was one so of the same story then and there was um, um what's his name son that's in the he used to work up at the track was he one of the guys Bower, in the, Bower. In there as well yeah yeah I, I thought potentially i actually thought it was his name was zev or Z, zed he was the head stunt guy he did um some stunts what's that movie recorded um that scary movie in australia in wa that thing about some killer or whatever i forget the name wolf of the creek. movie yeah i'm pretty sure he did the stunt driving in wolf creek um he was showing us heaps of videos and stuff he's done some pretty cool stuff and i think it was him that was trying to do the burnout but it, it strikes me that he was failing and someone else did it but the burnout was meant to happen. There was a lot of other stuff that happened at the track that wasn't meant to happen, but that one was meant to happen. Okay. I believe, at least. Okay. Sounds different to the one that would... That, yeah, I don't know. We, yeah, we're there, talking about there burnout was... that apparently wasn't supposed to happen and... Well, there oh, was a lot of stuff happened. Stuff. And yeah. they all giggle like little schoolboys when we talk about it, so... Well, because we were recording at 2am, the the movie had the insurance on the premises for, for the time they were recording at that circuit um, for the, the whole day period. So, basically, everything from 10am in the morning all the way till 11pm when we actually got there to film in the dark... Um, was just open fire i mean i know some of the boys there were in the carts and they they must have done like hundreds of laps just fanging around putting different tires on and different fuel that they had doing laps in the carts because you know karting so strict and heavily regulated you're not allowed to do a lot of things and they felt it was free reign so there was there was a bit of stuff like that that happened um so i i wasn't there one morning so there's potential that someone got out and did a big skid in the car park um i guess i will never know (laughs) brent does this sound like that he's covering something up to you no not at all it sounds like that's how he got the secret sauce is just from all the extra testing yeah yeah that's it free free laps uh so um 
<laughs> if if you haven't seen that movie, thoroughly recommend watching it. Um, you know, the and it's funny. You know, you see the 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 bad guys of the movie are based out of the Arise Racing uh, facility, and they got the Arise logos on them. That um, and the way they behave and treat people in the in the movie, you know, is completely opposite. Well, from my experience, anyway, to how arise treats people and so it's funny to watch like the you know the evil evil arise racing team um you know on on screen and the you know obviously this stuff feeling yeah you know, that they're up at wanneroo raceway and then you had coburn um karting uh, circuit used um wanneroo did they go to one dowry one dowry yeah. as well yeah we did one dowry as well uh what about bunbury no nah. No, no, it was just, it was down there for the dirt track. Um, I forget where that was, though. I should know. But it, one of the dirt tracks was down there, but the bitumen tracks we did was Coburn, Wanneroo, and Wandawi. Um And if you watch the movie, don't hold it against me. I, it says I had an illegal carburetor and I got disqualified. If you want to get in karting... Don't not come to flat out because we do illegal carburetors. I promise that's just a movie thing. <laughs> and for testing purposes only. Yeah. No, um, illegal stuff is definitely not our forte. Flat out carts. Um, you're just helping with heaps of segues here. Um, flat out carts, how long has that been running for? And... Was that something like your dad had started or, you know, long time before you guys started karting or? I, I think when Flat Out Kart started, I'm pretty sure dad still had to carve the tyres out of rocks. Um, <laughs> back in the medieval stone age. Um, he traded no, his donkey for a cart. Yeah. No, Grego, Grego's been around for a couple circulations of the earth, that's, that's for sure. Um, so, of the sun. So, um, yeah, 30, 32 years or something, I think, now. Um, cart, flat Out Carts has been open. Um so yeah, Dad's been doing it for a long time. I think we're now one of the the uh, longest standing cart shops in Australia, um, if not the longest, one of the one of the top three. So um, he's been he's been doing it a while. And so, what do you guys do? Like, yeah, what do you guys do at Flat Out Carts besides put together some monster carts? <laughs> we um. We do a range of arrive and drive packages. So we have, we currently have a few people um, like Adam Lyle's son from Arise Racing. Uh, we basically maintain their whole cart package and they're simply uh, an arrive and drive. They arrive to the track, they drive the cart, they leave the track, they get coaching mechanic, the whole experience. So we offer everything from that to simply selling you a go-kart or a brand new package or servicing your go-kart engine rebuilding brand new engine development um so if karting always used to be that way now motorsports kind of change you typically have an engine builder and a coach and a new kart dealer um where we've sort of always encapsulated the whole thing so hence where my role sort of started um when i got old enough was coming into it and i, I do 
I do some of the coaching and, and a lot of the cart work and some of the engine work as well. Um, so me and dad sort of share, share the roles. But yeah, we pretty much do everything, which potentially needs to be refined. The arrive and drive stuff's great. We run we run a full time race team at pretty much every event. We run the a race team at the national events as well as all the WA events. Uh, typically consists of around 10, 10 um, drivers uh, in our full signed marquee, and we have a race truck um, that's in the building process at the moment. We have vans and trailers and all sorts of stuff. So. We're pretty well set up now. Um, got got lots going on, so we do we do almost everything. And before I hand, I've I've got still a heap of questions that I want to ask you, but um, uh, last last one um, before I hand you over to Brent. Um, someone on one of our podcasts, I'm pretty sure it was on a podcast, or it might have been. Uh, yeah, I think it might have been more. Yeah, no, I think it was on one of the episodes. Uh, was telling us about uh, engines within karting, um, where people like when they're getting serious about karting, um, they would go out and buy like a few different engines to f- just find which one was just ran the best off yep. the shelf, and then tuned it from there. Is that something that still goes on now, or is it? more of a refined process with engines um the the current model motors are a very refined piece of equipment they're they're produced much better than our prior model motors um and they're much more consistent because of that you always have variation and in a two-stroke karting engine we're talking point points of a power so you know a 21 horsepower engine versus a 21.2 horsepower engine is nearly immeasurable on the track but if you have a 21.2 horsepower engine you just have that little bit extra um essentially that's another thing we do we have some of the best motors in australia sitting on the shelf because we obviously have the ability to to run so many motors um and pretty much whenever one comes up for sale we we just grab it to to run it um and then you know most people are typically happy to let us run it um before selling it or if it's a motor that we think's good we may even buy it and run it and check um so we have we have pretty much for all, all the classes some uh ridiculous motors that people lease off us as well so there's definitely that there it's nothing like the old days where if you don't have one of those motors you may as well not come but it certainly is in the top level of competition at national level that if you're going to go there, you really want to spend the four six hundred dollars to um, to lease an engine and make sure you've got the best gear there um, to go go into battle with. Um, but it's it's not too bad. An off the shelf motor will certainly do you just fine all the way up until state level racing. Yeah, cool. All right, well, I'm going to hand you over to Brent. Um, and he's, I'm sure, got some really cool questions for you, which be a lot more technically minded than my questions. Um, and then when we come back, I have a question for you about you heading over to Vegas, yep. um, which we'll talk about after Brent talks to you. Yeah, I think Here's we're all go. going to Vegas for uh, medics winning and you're going to be the best man, aren't you? I hope so. It could be a tight battle between me and Siv. I don't know what will happen there. That could cause some complications. I think it's whoever's going to have the best mo. 
Well, the other problem is that at Midic's wedding, there's a high likelihood that I'll be the bride, so... Well, that's that's a perfect segue into the, my first technical, not really technical question. Um, so, obviously, you're at, like, the most pointy, hardcore, legendary breeding end of karting in Australia, right? So, the national championship in the biggest, baddest karts you can fit yourself into. Yep. Um, and so is... Uh, and especially locally, so is our, our everyone's favourite fangirl. I mean, boy, um, <laughs> Nick, Nick the the freak medic, who's an absolute maniac peddler. He is so damn good in that uh, E36. Um, how do you manage that bromance without upsetting each other on the track? You know, without oh, just, uh, giving too many free passes away. Nah, I don't care. Just race him as if he's some other criminal out there um you know it's no we we have a good good relationship i think there's there's a part there where um you're a lot older than when you're originally racing as cadets and we've been racing each other for so long um and our friendship comes from the fact that he is such a good driver and he obviously thinks the same of me so we've raced each other at the top of kz i mean last championship um he, I was in, I was in first, and he caught me and made an awesome pass on me to take the win. And then another time, I came from right at the back and made a mega pass around the outside of him to beat him. So we've been literally at the point with each other, um, and we've never had any contact or any problems. I think there is certainly potential there that if we did shunt, we could have differing opinions on it. But for the most part. We're pretty good at analysing and being fair about it. We're both not dumb, and if someone crashes the other one out, it's going to be because of an error, and one of us is usually going to make up to that. So we certainly race each other as hard as we possibly can, if not harder than most others, because we have so much trust in each other in that sense of it. But, yeah, I definitely don't race him as a friend. We race each other as people that want the other dude to do good, but you're, you're there to win. You're not there to make friends. Yeah, and I think most most genuine races, you know, not just field fillers, which there's always a lot of that, but most genuine races have got that that respect, even if you're not mates off the track. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. And um, so generally, how does it feel to be at that real pointy end of the uh, Australian Championship? Like, I, I think anyone else that was in front of you or were. Uh, at the same level as you previously have ended up in uh, Super 3, Super 2, Supercar Drives, um, you know, the, you know some of the names you've already mentioned, I think. Is Jimmy, um, uh, what's his name, Jimmy Golding, is he still karting or is he 100% yep. full-time supercars now? So last, he's, uh, he's full-time supercars, but he's racing at this round that I'm here now and at Pakapanyul. Uh, in the final, me and him had a pretty ding-dong battle for first. Um, and then also in some of the other races, me and him were going pretty hard at it. So he was sort of the main competition at the last round. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, it's it's a bizarre feeling to be at the pointy end. I think we last season we debuted in the KZ Championship to do the full championship in Western Australia. Um, and that in itself wasn't meant to happen. Uh, an arrive and drive deal came up and we sort of took it and won and was like, oh, now we kind of got to keep racing. So we, we found the same package and raced the next round um, and did really well in that and we're leading the championship and 
then you know we sort of got a cart and it all sort of fell fell in place and we had we had a second-hand engine that was an older model motor and and stuff like that and we ended up winning and we thought well this is you know out of our budget but it's kind of happening now um and then this year much to dad's uh not disagreeance i'd say he's just old and he wants to wind down and i'm young and i want to wind the business up so i'm trying to i'm starting our national wide race team and he's had to just listen to me and say yeah all right i'll do it with you um so a, yeah we go on sir so that's a lot of ties he's going to have to cut out of stone <laughs> yeah it is um but yeah, I, I'm I'm hungry from the business career aspect as well. So I wanted to start the business um, over here and and get a race team running. And then it sort of got to the point that I thought, oh well, I may as well have a have a skid in the KZ at national level then if we're going to go all that way and run a team. Um, and we're still on the old model motor. You know, it's like four years old motor, not the current model and stuff. And and. We, we raced the second round and we came came away sixth and were actually looking good in the championship and we thought, well, that's pretty pretty crazy. Um, you know, we looked at the data and the, the, the team that we... Well, we run our own team over there, but the manufacturer of cart we use, he's been super helpful to me and Dad in getting me in KZ. I, I literally wouldn't be able to race without him. Um, and he sort of looked at some data as well against the number one guy in their team and said, look, you're down a fair bit engine. So we made the whopping $10,000 investment in a new motor, um, thanks to a few sponsors. Um, again, would not be racing without without the likes of those guys, Adam Lyle and Dad, um, Arise Racing, Arise Developments, all those guys. Um, and yeah, we went to Pakapanyal and we were really fast in the dry practice and then racing came around and and we we polled it, won every race apart from one and won the final. And it was, you know, that was the turning point. It was a bit like the WA Championship last year. We were just like, crap, we're, we're theoretically really in contention for the championship now and we kind of have to race even though we're not meant to be racing the whole championship this year. Um, Thankfully, Tom Williamson from Tom Williamson Motorsport over here, who imports the chassis we run, he just took me under my wing. And like you said, it was such a surreal feeling. We went from a Gumby from WA that was just coming over for a bit of fun to all of a sudden I've got the, the head, the head boss of the team, um, you know, giving me instructions from the sideline when I'm out there. Um, and, you know, our other guys in our team, Damon and Corey, were doing so well at the same event as well. We were, we were, we had the most carts in the top 10, I think, at one stage. And we're just a, a team from WA that consists of three, three KZ drivers. And, you know, at the same weekend, our cadet driver that we were coaching, me and Dad were coaching, he came away with second place as well. So from a six-cart team, we had phenomenal results and it all just sort of came at once that's awesome dude that is it's really cool and the um so i suppose on on that national theme and you've you've done some international driving which is really really cool and you're about to go on a, a pretty epic soiree but uh, what's your favorite track then and why is it your favorite track more than just track x but why um pakapanyul <laughs> that's that's a quick answer. I'm not very result based on my opinions on places, but it's 
so it's and I think I'll really like the track we're going to this weekend. I've never been there before. Um, but Pakapanyul is such a fast, high-speed track. We're talking average speeds of 95-ish k's an hour. Um, even in the wet races, we're still doing like 130 at the end of the main straight in the wet. So it's just it's just so fast, and it's just I just love it. It's so fun to drive. You're hooking the whole time. Um, you you know our WA tracks are quite small for for how fast the carts are now. And once you're there over east at Pakapanyo and, and big open tracks like that, you've really just got the time. And I don't know, it's just a great experience. You feel all 50 horsepower, the gear ratios are long and the engine just pulls the whole way and you really are moving. It's uh, it's great fun. Cool. That's a, that big, open, fast flying track must suit your style a bit if that's where you feel that bit more comfortable. A hundred percent. I think I... I think I'm good at sitting on the edge. Um, some some parts, you know, every, every driver has their strengths and weakness. Um, the the number one driver with Tom Williamson Motorsport, he's recently been over to Europe to race, and he is awesome at hairpins. Um, but I think my strength is high-speed corners. So hopefully this track plays into our hands this weekend as well. But I, I guess we'll have to see as it comes. Um, not really many expectations considering we've never I've never ever been to the place before but we got to give it everything we got and try and get this championship absolutely no holds the um so some kind of randomish general gibberish questions I suppose what's you, you've done a couple of forms of motorsport you've been in tin tops you've done you know the, the radicals and some really fast you know like proper cars um through those experiences but what what's brought you back to focus on karting outside of the business aspect because I know you're young and hungry and, and a career is where you focus but what's what's your favourite thing about karting what's brought you to that or what's the big attraction because um, you you know with your experience or your skill set behind the wheel um, you know you could easily drive anything you wanted really um karting is just so raw and difficult I think it's just so you can you can afford to do so much so much testing because it's so much cheaper than other forms of motorsport that you really are at the best you possibly can be. Like there's a there's not many times I feel like in karting, or oh, if I had a hundred more grand, I could easily beat those guys. I, there's sometimes I think if I had more opportunities and more experience, potentially I could have done better. And maybe if I had a bit more money, I would better my results. But it's very minimal where in cars a lot of the time i feel like money's a massive barrier so to be racing up against people that are all in a similar boat that are spending as much as they need to and it's not a ridiculous amount of money you have so many people at the peak of their ability um that it's just so energizing to race at that maximum level and there's just so much intensity to it uh it's so fast-paced everything happens quick decisions are quick it just gets me so excited like no other no other category has done i'd say radicals is probably the next the next best thing i i just really but that that's more of i just really enjoy it i really enjoy the atmosphere around the rise racing um and the what they sort of include in the package is so great um but karting for me just ticks all the boxes but, you know, would love a bit of supercar drive, let's be real. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, luckily, I got to go for a ride in, in Waters' car after the supercars here, and it's. Uh, I've been in cars almost as quick as a supercar. Plenty of quick sports sedans I've been out on passenger rides with, it and you know, um, dip below 60s in our own. But man, that cut the the supercars are just raw and so much more vicious inside than I thought they would be. Um, yeah. But yeah, so no, that's cool. So that's just that raw. Um, feedback and competition i suppose and that kind of leads me on to the next thing like karting i don't know if the crowds are bigger because there's so many participants there so you know everyone brings along their uh the ones that are in the big teams like you guys and then you got the the guys getting into it that are sort of family based there always seems to be a lot of people at kart meets and there always seems to be it's always good to watch like i don't know the first thing about half the categories but it, i always try to get up to king of the hill because it's that little club room they've got right on the corner of the track it's pretty safe my kids can jump up and down and, and be idiots and, and be pretty safe because there's no one running around in the pits next to them you can have a drink and you can watch pretty good racing like it doesn't matter whether me i don't know everyone everyone knows my story motorsport turns me on it doesn't matter whether you're racing bloody um wheelbarrows if there's a bit of competition you know a bit yeah. of back and forth it, it's good to watch and karting seems to have that at any race i've ever been to watch even wanneroo's good man there to watch you know you can stand right on the fence line and uh, get to see guys trading places pretty hard um so i think that's yeah one massive factor it's always good good entertainment and um, oh it's 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 intense it's you know it's it's like the old age f1 versus the new age f1 you can you can follow so closely in a car you have very minimal aero wash believe it or not you do still have some aero wash in a car which seems crazy but you do especially at the high speed tracks um there there is a lot of factors to it but you you do get that a situation where a guy in second passes the guy in first and then the guy that's been passed now passes him back and they pass back yeah. and they pass back and they pass back and it just goes on and on and on where in most other forms of motorsport, a dude catches the other dude, or a female, or, or a bloke, anyone. Yep. <laughs> I should be the one making that clear with my sister. <laughs> uh, a, a person catches another person, they bomb them, and then that's it. It's all, all over Red Rover because the other person was quicker. Um, where in karting, you've sort of got the draft effect that pulls you closer, um, and then the next person gets the draft effect, and it sort of keeps switching around, and you just get awesome racing. Yeah, 100%. And, like, the state level, like, the KZ stuff like you guys are doing at state level is insane to watch. Like, there are awesome races. And our state level motorsport, apart from uh, sprint cars, I suppose, they, they always have a good field and good tight racing. Uh, you know, speedway sprint cars, you know, um, your midgets or uh, what do you call them, speed cars over here. Um, they always have a good show. Most of your uh, late models as well. All the dirt categories do. But our tarmac stuff, um, Formula Fords put on a good good show. The Radicals do because they're pretty close. XLs kind of do, but nothing quite like the carts do. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know how I could convince more people to go watch it that are, you know, just like racing. So I don't know if if you could change anything in karting to get more people along or to get more publicity. Or even just to make it better for drivers, what would you what would you do? The only thing karting needs is some people to actually promote the events, the clubs to promote the events. Um, it's it's all about everything in the media now and how people can perceive an event before they've even been there, just based off what they've seen online. And unfortunately, 
we have a lot of volunteers in karting putting in a lot of effort just to do where it's at now and i think it takes that motivation away um i would love to get to a point where the the business is making enough money that we can justify getting that stuff publicized so that you know there's more people around karting um at the moment we're just not there we got a lot of stuff on but it would be great for the clubs to do that stuff. I think you would have a lot of people turn up at events um, just to watch. I mean, it's getting more and more, like you said, for sure. We're getting more and more spectators, and we're putting on better better quality events now. Um, it's about keeping the classes. You know, you don't want to come down and watch 14 million classes. You want to come down and see five action-packed categories that roll over pretty quickly and you don't have to be there till midnight two days in a row to see it all happen. Um, so, oh, yeah, man. I think... Where have we had this conversation before, Shane? I think Shane's fallen asleep on us. But that's the same same <laughs> conversation we've had time and again because you, you need big grids, you need yep. close racing. You don't want to have to be explained what's happening with... Um, four or five cars toddling around and another four or five cars toddling around and yeah yeah no it's it's spot on and, and i'm like you know I, I don't really know much about karting so i don't know all the all the crazy divisions like i said i go up and watch king of the hill um i take the kids up with me and and i couldn't tell you which classes i'm watching when they are watching i just know when the big bangers come out and it's and it's on and um and I get disappointed because when my kids fall off the podium playing around on it and I can't watch what's going on in the racing. But, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's what it's about. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the... You need to get it out there more. We need more, more media stuff. And it doesn't have to be the paid stuff either, you know? Like, obviously, the glossier and the nicer it is that, that yeah, helps sell the product. That's, that's where it's at, but... You're trying to screw my business over. No, but, like, everyone, <laughs> needs, to do, everyone needs to do a bit. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Like, there's so much... And I think karting might actually suffer from that a bit because you've got so much, you know, everyone's, I don't know if the younger guys are like this, Sam, but the, the, everyone's so keen to not be seen as doing it half ass or not. They want such perfection out of everything that they're, they're not quite uh, keen to put themselves forward or, or, you know, promote their own page or, or whatever because unless it's 100% perfect, it's like, man, just get it out there. Yeah, I think that if, if the stuff was available... I mean, all the teams would share it, and across all the teams, you've sort of, you've probably got 10k of following. So there, there is a decent amount to promote it. Um, I think some good videos and highlights reels are great. If you want to watch some of the best racing in the world, the the recent event, the FIA, um, well, the FIA FIA European Championship finale um, was on the weekend at. Fran, Francesca or something the track's called and the OK Junior final is probably the most insane race you'll ever watch um, it's it's a crazy race I'll send you boys the link uh, when we're off the podcast but for people listening if you jump onto YouTube and search FIA European Championship and watch the OK Junior final if that doesn't give you enough incentive to come to a go-kart meeting and watch some racing, I don't know what will, because that is the best race I've seen in my life. Awesome. Now, you'll have to send us a link. I'll look that at it. Because um, 
like I don't watch much TV. I couldn't tell you what's going on on the news. The kids hog the TV, but I've got three screens in this room, and there's one in the in the shed and in the bar that um, is always streaming either KO or YouTube the Euro GT series. So I'll yep. make sure I get those on there for sure. So and I suppose it's a good another good real segue. So for for people like me that that just love racing, doesn't really matter what it is. I'll go watch anything. Um, and and unfortunately, my family gets dragged along to everything with me. Um, what if there, if there's an event in WA coming up in the next three months? What what event would you sell a random that doesn't really understand karting to go watch? Um, so the the WA State Championships is coming up. That's always got a lot of intensity behind it. Um, this year especially, it was back to the format where the the final final race dictates the winner so they're good because if you just want to get a, a bit of a inside of racing you can just come for the sunday finals and you, you capture the whole intensity of the event in one one race per class um we've also got the city of perth titles at coburn which will have uh kz kz at it where the kz's won't be at the state championship so That'll be another great event to come to, um, but yeah, there's 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 a couple of good ones coming up. We got we got a range of stuff. We got a race meeting up in Geraldton and and whatnot, but no, nothing sort of local apart from those couple um, that that would really put on a good show. Cool. All right, I won't I won't go through all the general how to get into karting type questions. Cause I've done that before, and it's basically just go see you at flat out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the, the the situation. We got a fair few details on our website now about getting started in karting. It lets you know about all the age groups and categories and gives you those basic questions that are nice and simple to answer. Um, but anything anything related to uh, more complicated questions, for sure, come in and see us at the shop. Um, we'll let you know how to get started and can hook you up with a with a new cart or try and find your second hand cart and engine all depending on what your budget's around and and work with you on getting you into the sport and the right gear that's going to keep you in the sport for a long time um instead of you know you buying some some piece of crap that costs you heaps of money to fix and you end up leaving the sport because of it no 100 percent, dude and that's um i didn't even have to segue away you already answered the question about using your guys website which is really really good site by the way um, so that's cool as uh, one last question I have before I give you back to Big Shane the um, you yourself and and we've had some weird and wonderful answers to this one so there's no right or wrong but do you have any weird superstitions or anything if you don't do before a race meeting um, it, it throws you off and we're probably going to give it away to whoever's going to be up against you at Emerald there so huh. yeah um, not not really to be honest like I don't I don't necessarily think I do do anything at all. I don't. I probably do put all my gear on the same way, but I've never thought about it at all. Um, it just kind of, just kind of happens. It's weird because I, I do feel like one of those people that likes to follow a bit of a pattern. Um, but I don't. I don't really have any big superstitions. The thing that I've been doing for a long time recently is just always trying to hide my hair as soon as I take my hat off because I've just been well overdue for a haircut but we finally got a haircut here in the Gold Coast with a couple of days off so that that problem's now solved so I don't really, <laughs> I don't really have many other superstitions um yeah not nothing major actually that's well, a bit of a oh, disappointment if you, if you don't go any good you can blame the haircut yeah yeah I'll need to grow the hair back and keep hiding it 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I, I don't know what it is with you guys and your haircuts, man, but the whole your whole drive has got, yeah. Oh, it's um, sick, isn't it? Messed up haircuts. No, don't be like that. It's like a whole <laughs> 70s, 80s revamp that's somehow working for you guys. Um, no, I have to be yeah. honest. I, I do my best to stay professional with the haircut um, when I can because... I, I like to try and keep Mr. Adam Lyle happy, and he likes when I've got a professional-looking haircut. So, I I plead with him to let me have the the uh, holiday season with a crazy cut, and then I'll bring it back professional. Um, but unfortunately, the barber in the Gold Coast has accidentally left a little bit of a, a little bit of a mullet. So a bit of a mullet. <laughs> uh, could work as long as it's not as long as you haven't. Uh perms the mullet uh you'll be all right you know no i'm i'm pre-perm mate i'm italian i've got italian in me so it just you don't even need itself. to worry about it it's done itself <laughs> yeah it's just brew cream and send it <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> no nah, cool man awesome talking to you um really uh you know really excited to see how you go at emerald um we were chatting just before the podcast started really stoked that um you know you do a heap of stuff for the guys up at Exmouth there because i love Exmouth and the community up there we do a bit up there so um that's that's really cool to see and it's just cool to see karting um you know you guys from wa getting success interstate is good for all motorsport and wa not just karting it's good for everyone and everyone should get behind it yeah no it's been great it's been um it's been super fun so cool is Shane woken up yet, or is he still sound asleep? Yeah, I'm, all, I'm awake. <laughs> as soon as I say motorsport turns me on, Shane just goes to mute because he's quietly swearing at the back wall. <laughs> Something like that. Just multitasking, just uh, trying to catch up on, uh, well, 300 and something press releases to get up on behind the sport so i've been trying to catch up with those while you guys have been chatting um <laughs> the um upcoming you you've got a trip to vegas planned i i do it's, it's a bit under undercover at the moment because it was actually yesterday morning um that i entered for the event so it was a massive decision it's um yeah. a huge cost um but it's we've a bit of a scoop, you yeah. would say, for behind the sport that we've um, <laughs> Yeah, so we've we've, scoops. we've um we've made made the initial investment where we're sort of um going to be trying to pick up some sponsors over the coming sort of months um to jump on board for the the finale of the 2022 season, including Vegas, uh, and then the the 2023 season for for what we do there. So. Um, yeah, I've got a bit of a proposal going and stuff that I'll, I'll be sending out soon. So if anyone's interested in that stuff, cheeky little plug, uh, hit me up. But yeah, the, the Vegas event is, is an awesome event. Um, and I want as many people to experience it as possible. I've always wanted to experience it and I'm so excited to go. So I've got a couple of sponsorship deals that essentially the, the, the gold level sponsors will, um, hopefully fly over to Vegas with us and, and experience the meeting as well because it's just such an awesome atmosphere it's the biggest event in the karting world um you've got all the euros all the americans australians new zealanders people from everywhere uh, across the globe going there trying to win so it's in it's in a car park of the rio hotel 
Um, there's tech pro barriers, like little plastic barriers that create a, a track. The track starts off slippery and by the end of the weekend ends up one of the most grippy tracks ever. Um, and it's just a, a crazy event, 600 entries, uh, racing four days throughout the day and night. Um, yeah, mental, mental show. Yeah, right. And if um, anyone wants to jump on board, should they look you up on social media and see see what's going on? Yeah, yeah. My my uh, Facebook page, Sam Dicker, um, or Flat Out Carts. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook. Um, yeah, yeah. You can find us. Find us almost anywhere. Sounds like a really cool event. Um, I want to go. Oh yeah. Why don't you come? You pay for my ticket? <laughs> no worries, though. <laughs> awesome, done. <laughs> I'd like to go, what are, like, because we were talking about going over for the F1 when it happens in Vegas, and I haven't looked at flights to the States for a little bit. Is it? It's not too bad to the States. Two, two the grand. Two grand yeah, return. So you're looking oh, at. Oh, that's return. So that's... Oh, it's come down. Yeah, Good. yeah. That's, um, that's not bad at all, man. I mean, cattle class to the States is, uh, is uh, an adventure, but... Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, I think there's some is that pretty the direct one? flights. No, I don't think so. No. There's some midnight changeovers, and it's going to be hell. But you know, you got to do what you got to do to get there and oh, race. Man. And if budget matters, that's what you got to do. No, abs- absolutely, man. That is uh, that is wicked. So no, I'm super keen. Um, sp- I, w- I won't I won't cheeky plug the sponsors just yet because we're sort of finalising a few things and. And whatnot. So yeah, don't don't want to seem as if you're forcing them into sponsorship now. No, no, and um, yeah, the, like I said, it's a, it's slightly under wraps because we like to leave announcements until we're a hundred percent. But you know, we've put an entry in now, so it's in our best intention to go. So of course, the inside scoop that that uh, that we get here is uh, should be the cheeky information that that pulls through in the end. Yeah, nice. I'm actually just looking at flights to Vegas. Um, yeah, not bad. But uh, it's they don't fly 747s anymore, which is a shame. They're, they're beautiful planes, but anyway. Um, if you were able to, and this, this is my standard question of the, the, the podcast, if you were able to um, be racing... Uh, I guess with or getting some mentorship uh, from any uh, motorsport participant uh, from any era, um, any any discipline. So F1, Motocana, um, unicycle racing, whatever. Wheelbarrows. Um, who would who would you want that to be? How frustrating that I listen to all these podcasts you guys do. I hear all these questions and think, man, I'm going to have the best answer lined up. And then I just blankly forget that you ask all this stuff. Um, (laughs) Oh, it's so tough. It's so tough because I feel like I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like certain people in motorsport are glamorized. Um, I'm not a Hamilton fan, and I bet he will be. <laughs> Neither am I. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, he'll be praised in motorsport like Senna and that is. And I just think so. 
are they great because I've been told they're great? Um, I like to see raw footage of them doing awesome stuff. Like, Hamilton's won a lot. That's cool. But some of the stuff, like, Van Gisbergen's pulled off or some of the stuff that Verstappen or even Perez recently, like, with his dive bombs on Hamilton in um, at the, the final round last year so Max could win the championship. It just makes me so happy to watch. So I, I'm... I love that full send attitude. Um, oh, it's a battle. It's a battle. It's so hard. So many forms of motorsport. Nick's going to be upset if you don't see him. Nick Middick. <laughs> <laughs> he needs coaching from me. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, I don't know. I, I, it's funny. I think about Nick when I talk about this because me and him watch so many videos of so many different race drivers and go, this is sick, I wish I could be, like, I, you know, I wish I could display this kind of driving. Um, yeah, oh, it's almost like I can't answer. If I went from a random guest to throw an odd one out there that you probably don't get as much, um, it's probably someone like SVG, just because of how sick some of the stuff is that he's pulled off, and the fact that his career was kind of a, a slow climb. Um you know, there was a lot of years there where he was just kind of a, what do you, what do you call him before? A, a field... Grid filler. Yeah, yeah, grid filler. You know, he was just kind of there. Um, but clearly he was really good the whole time. He just never got the opportunities. So if if another name comes to me in the podcast, I will, I'll, I'll say it and I'll explain why. I was ready to answer that question with fingers for on my feet as I thought the one you were going to go for, that old classic... Classic question you usually ask. <laughs> I hate that question. And the duck-sized horse one order it is. It's just bloody Marjoram and his hair products sideline. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that that's not a good enough answer. I'll, if something else comes to mind, then no, I'll try to say No, SVG's pretty good because he's really personable. He explains his actions quite well. Like, on the weekend, that was a bit controversial with the, you know, some would say maybe a dog act, not readdressing. But uh, he explained why. Uh, quite well after everything had cooled down. I think there's another release today that it sort of explains his side of the story there. And yeah. there's no doubt the dude can drive anything, but he's really personal. Like I met him at uh, the D1 Awards dinner in New Zealand a couple of years back, and he lighted a, a dodgy tequila out of a hip flask as good as the next person, you know? Like he's he's yeah. just a genuine good dude and loves his racing. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's Formula Fords or rally cars or supercars, he's into it, you know? So... It's really cool to see. Yeah, and I guess, um, yeah, I've, I have had a lot of coaching from some incredible people. Like, we're really good family friends with the Tanders. So when we go to Melbourne and stuff, we'll, we'll stay with Garth and that. And he's he's been awesome. Um, I actually raced, when I raced his over east, I raced his Formula Ford over east. So... He's been awesome. incredible. He's he's taught me a lot, and then it was cool to actually do some coaching with his kid in karting. Um, so at you know probably a, a year ago or something, um, I, I was sort of been able to share some tips with Sebastian, his young fella, who's now racing at the top level in in the national championships using our motors as well. So. I guess that it's hard because I, I kind of have been blessed with some crazy people like that. Another one that's a bit, I don't know if I'd want coaching from them because they're a menace, but um, Colin McRae, obviously pretty close with the McRae family now. Um, 
He's so, a funny dude, though. Yeah, so speaking with Alistair and everything, that he's just got so many cool stories of him and Colin. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Emmy. And Emmy. I think that's what gravitates people to those guys, and, and that family's doing so well. Now, and, like, obviously in the day, you know, when Colin was there, I think that's kind of full-send lad sort of, I don't know how to explain it any other way, that approach most people gravitate to, you know what I mean? Oh, it's just, uh, it's just, it's what I think racing is so cool about old model racing, you know, back in the days when F1 drivers were, 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 uh uh-huh personalities that hopped in a formula one car occasionally um and a lot different to the internet personality that lewis hamilton is you know i'm talking these guys had girls hanging off the car and drinks in their hand and then straighten the car um so it's just yeah when when we sit down alistair goes through some stuff it's just like wow that is mental i would have loved to been around and just experienced that um and then so jealous that emmy and uh, Max and Alistair and all that, they've just been over to Goodwood, so been on the phone with Emmy all the time while they're over there doing the special How, how jealous were you of, of Emmy getting to go for oh. some serious skids with Max? Oh, it was ridiculous. Oh, with, yeah. I was like, are you serious? This is just... And then the worst part is you'd think that a girlfriend would go, all right, I'll try and make him feel better. No, instead she says, oh, yeah, they all said if you were here, you would have driven a heap of the cars because we needed drivers. So you would have probably done... You know, you know, done some parade laps and drove yeah, around shut Knock up. Hill and yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. don't do this to me. <laughs> oh, it's only my dream. Oh. Now, Goodwood is one of the um, one of the shows I want to go to. I watch it kind of pretty religiously, and then there's also a heap of like I, I wish I had the budget to be at, at that level, but they run a heap of auctions leading up to Goodwood as well, like private collected stuff of just really out there. Not just real high-end stuff, just bizarre collector's stuff, the cars, you know, like one of two ofs and, and that sort of just rando stuff you never know exists. Yep. And it's it'd just be cool to be part of that traveling circus and, and to see that part of it and be able to be a part of it, you know, properly a part of it, like you would have been if you're driving. Like, yeah, it's a very cool thing. Yeah, I would have loved every second of it. But anyway, I guess I'll just have to hope it happens again another year. Cool. Um, so what's your, 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 your plan is like national team. Um, what about for yourself? Um, this or is year, that, is that, is that it? Like the, well, I shouldn't say that, is that it? I don't mean that's that pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 No, no. It's the dream. Badly. Like, is, is that, is that the goal or is it? You know, have you got more that you want to do with yourself? Yeah, look, I'm sorry to let you down, and that's all I can offer for you. <laughs> um, no, I think that I this year was meant to be a full experimental year, like I kind of said, um, and for it to end up like this, I mean, the dream, the goal is to come away with WA Championship, um, come away with the Australian Championship, and then attempt Vegas. That's the goal, but... You know, realistically, I'm going to be quite happy if I can score a podium on Australian level and a podium in WA level. I'd I'd take that as a great accomplishment. Um, it really depends on those results. I think if if I won Australia and won WA, that would put me in a different position for next year than if I 
you know, just podiumed both. Um, that's still, as I said, an incredible achievement that I'd be so proud of. And hopefully we've had a good enough start to both seasons to be able to accomplish that. Um, you know, there's such a long championship to go. Yeah, you know, we've still got two rounds of the of the Australian and three rounds of the WA championship left. Um, but if that, if that was a possible thing, um, you know, then I'd look at next year, hopefully doing the national series again. Um, I would like to to try and focus more on, on flat out carts in Western Australia. Uh, it's our home hub and it really needs to work. And with me racing KZ, it can get quite full on and busy. Um, so I just need to weigh up what I can do. I would love to do a bit more radical stuff with Adam just because I enjoy it a lot. Um, I would also love to go to Europe. Uh, look, I've got so many aspirations that it's hard to sort of uh, do all of them. I mean, if, if the opportunity came up to coach a kid through Europe, I mean, that would be awesome. Uh, if an opportunity came up that I could race an event in Europe, that would be awesome. Um, if I could race Vegas again, all that would be awesome. So I guess my goal is to, I've realised that planning it and really pushing hard to do it has kind of always got me in the same place where the right situation doesn't end up. I think I, I dropped the whole wanting to be a professional race car driver and that be my forever thing and I realized that I really enjoy karting as a sport and coaching kids and adults that I think for me now I'll take whatever opportunities come at me and it's so amazing that I've had these opportunities come up and I'm able to do these things but realistically if next year rolled around and I had zero opportunities to do anything um, I think we've put flat out in a position where I'd still do the Australian championship which for this year felt like an awesome opportunity. So I think we're, we're in a decent position to keep doing Australia wide stuff. And I just really want to push the business and, and grow it to be something awesome. Um, you know, dad's obviously done a, a fantastic job over the 30 years. Um, but I would love to push it bigger than ever. Um, so I suppose I've got a few aspirations there and goals. It really depends what sort of avenues open up as, as the year goes on. Um, as to what I push, I'm kind of keen to push anything, but obviously racing is what I love. Awesome, so man. That's, that's very inconclusive. That's, yeah. No, that's, that's no, that's no <laughs> small aspiration at all. And to, to push a business at, at such a young age, you know, there's some guys that still haven't completed uni at your age or still haven't completed their trade or figured yeah, out, you know, useless. like, um, it's awesome. Everyone, it's awesome to see them so passionate and so keen to get something done. Yeah, I just, I enjoy that factor. And I guess, like, racing is, like, so sick to win, but there is something that I'm sure as well, um, that when when you see kids in the sport as well, when, when you see a kid who's, like, eight years old go up, I had this with Sachin the first time. Um, he won his first state title in Western Australia with me as his coach and mechanic. And hearing a little kid get up on the podium so nervous to speak and the first thing he thanks after his mum and dad is, you know, Sam Dicker for all the coaching and mechanic. There's just a special place in your heart that that, that that feeling is nearly as good, if not sometimes better than just winning yourself. Um, and then obviously with Noah, Noah was extremely successful and we had a lot of that. And I think that was an awesome feeling that left me so hungry to grow the business and so hungry to give kids that opportunity to hopefully be 
so good that they all get to do that and you really get that secondhand enjoyment from it that just feels so special even though you're not the one up there winning yeah now that that is cool and it's it is really cool uh seeing someone else do well that you you've helped or given the opportunity to and and, and i get that and yeah i just wish i could do more of that it's uh, really cool mm. man mm. Awesome. Well, um, anything else, anyone you want to give a little cheeky shout out to? Um, yeah, obviously sponsors and uh, I think Nick Middick's been mentioned that enough, but if you want to talk about Nick Middick again, go ahead. <laughs> nah, he's had plenty of, uh, he's had plenty of time. Um, I would say I'd have to thank, uh, my girlfriend for everything she does. Cause yeah, I wouldn't be able to be, as healthy and fit as I am if she didn't meal prep for me every day and make sure I go to the gym and get my life in order. So can't pretend that I actually do that myself. That's all her. Um, mum and That's dad. Awesome. Yeah, mum and dad, they never cop a thank you, which is a bit rough. Um, I didn't even thank mum and dad on my thing when I won Puckapanya, which I felt pretty horrible about when they mentioned that to me. So mum and dad literally wouldn't be, obviously here without them but um wouldn't be able to do anything once i was on this earth without them so everything mum does for me um and dad with the business as well as on a friendship level um we spend literally every day together and i still live under his roof so um yeah they're pretty awesome and then sponsors adam uh, again from arise racing arise developments he's been amazing um through just life coaching as well as business stuff as well as sponsorship he's just been my you know second uh parental figure in the sense of uh how to sort of go about my life which has helped out a lot um and yeah flat out carts obviously for for everything they they contribute to that and uh more specifically in the last few seasons tom williamson motorsport um and that family for for everything they've helped out with um yeah i mean uh, there's a couple more sponsors i'm not sure who i should thank so if those sponsors are listening i haven't thanked them sorry i just didn't know if i should thank you yet so <laughs> awesome well i think that covers it off i think we've been chatting now for geez nearly two hours um so and you've got an early start so we'll let you head off and um good luck thank you very much thank you hopefully we can uh hopefully we can do well and hopefully maybe one day we can come back on with nick Middick on here as well because i feel like that could be ruthless yeah look i think i think we're gonna have to make loose nuts happen (laughs) yeah it'd have to be a a non-monetized after hours drinking hand special edition yeah, well, maybe we do look, it at the hairdressers. Maybe we should. Really, I'm willing. I'm willing to risk the two cents per episode that we make. <laughs> you know, we um, <laughs> we, we really wanted to do that. Me, Nick, and Savan. We hang out once a week as mates. Um, during the week, we all stay at there at the the Bushdorf unit, the business they run, and we wanted to. We wanted to do a podcast, like a video recorded podcast sitting on a couch. Savan's dream is to call it Couch Potatoes. Um, realistically, it's probably never going to happen because we're all so busy. Uh, but you guys are do good it. enough to somehow make it happen. So 
you know, maybe maybe you can't loose nuts and we can we can get on there and, and uh make it ruthless for you for a couple episodes and uh see where it goes. Well we got a got a new office slash studio coming in uh, a couple of Jesus, a couple of months away now. Um, so once that's all set up, I reckon we just do it there. Oh, it would be so good. Yeah. It'd be so funny. Get a, we'll have a couple of couches there anyway. And a key grader. Sorry? And a key grader. Oh, sick. Well, yeah, no, I was actually uh, thinking that we uh, we actually spoke about it in uh, the the weekly leak podcast that I do that uh, we need to get um, Ian Jeffrey on board to supply us with beer because he's just released a new beer. And he's just across the road. And he's just across the road. Yep. And he's next door to you guys at oh, uh, Flat yeah. Out. Uh, that's actually a superstition that I, I have is that started this year um, is that I don't I don't drink at all for, for you know, a, a period leading up to the race meeting. Um who else had that? I Someone had that recently as well. Um, I, don't, I don't typically drink a, a whole heap anyway. Um, not not that's that why very often. So fit. Yeah, I'm certainly not so not not as fit as I need to be. But um, we're trying in the in the gym and everything. But yeah, uh, I pretty much like if there's an occasion comes up and everyone has one drink, even then I'll be like, nah, can't do it because I've got a race meeting in a week or two or something, you know, um, which is something that. I feel like is more of a show of commitment when you're around a group of people rather than a, um, a an actual an actual superstition and health benefit two weeks out. But yeah, it's been something that's kind of fun fun and funny to do that you probably think's got to be good for yourself. Nice, cool. Don't. God, what episode is this? I think this is like 55,000. <laughs> what do we have? We've got uh, 55,000. And uh, 52, 53, 54, 55. Yep, this is episode 55 wrapped up. Number 25. Um, Johnny 5. Yeah. Um, thanks very much for coming on, Sam. Thanks for having um, me. It's been awesome. All good. All good. Uh, next time you see me at the track, hopefully you'll bring me a hot chip. Yeah, I hope you actually um, like me now. I feel like you've had a bit of personal hatred towards me there. Well, you did stand right in front of me at one day where you eat like hot chips and, you know, did not, not offer me one. any. Yeah. I mean, we didn't know each other back then, but, you know, it's, it's still, you know, you should have just turned around and seen the fat dudes salivating over the chip. <laughs> I was going to say it, but maybe it's, maybe it's on your favour, you know. I didn't think, I looked over and I didn't think you were fat. I thought that perfectly really fit buff dude obviously doesn't want a chip. That's what I thought. You see? I was actually about 40 kilos lighter than I am now. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, no, the fat dude is still salivating over the chips. But uh, anyway, we, we've sort of moved. Well, I, I like to say we've moved on, but no one probably believes that. Um, but anyway, good luck and uh, thanks for catching up with us. And uh, look forward to seeing you when you're back in Perth. Thanks, guys. Look forward to catching up when I'm back home.